ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so today then we begin on the narration of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma qal naha rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil wisal qalu innaka tuwasilu qala inni lastu kahayatikum inni ut'amu wa usqa wali muslim and it is actually al-Bukhari an abi sa'idin al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu fa ayyukum arada an yuwasil fal yuwasil ila al-sahar these narrations here are talking about the topic of al-wisal and that is continuous fasting meaning that you don't open your fast at maghrib time you just carry on fasting carry on to isha carry on into the night maybe even carry on into the next day these hadith are talking about that topic al-shaykh al-fawzani says sabaqat al-hadith fi al-hathi ala al-suhur We've already come across the narrations that were encouraging having the suhoor uh, prior to the fajr time starting. And we've come across the narrations that spoke about having the iftar at the sunset. And that a person should not continue his fast beyond that day. Fasting, it's from the Fajr time in the morning up until sunset. So you are not supposed to connect that on to another day to continue fasting and make it a two-day fast so the meaning of al-wisal is that you carry on fasting into the second day you have no iftar you have no suhoor you just carry on into the second day so you may end up with a two-day fast or a three-day fast. So what is the ruling on doing that? In this narration, we see that the Prophet ﷺ forbade the continuation of fasting. And in fact, as you see in the ayah of the Qur'an, that you are supposed to carry on eating and drinking until that Fajr time enters, the black line from the white line, i.e. the Fajr time entering. And then, Then it says in the ayah, carry on the fasting up until the night. And the night is from the time of Maghrib. So that is what is supposed to be done by default, that you fast from the time of Fajr up until the time of Maghrib. 
and not carry on without opening it. So in this first hadith, we see that the Prophet ﷺ actually forbade the Muslims from doing it. But the companions, they said to him, but you are messenger of Allah, you do it. Because they wanted to copy him and emulate him and be like him. So they said, but messenger of Allah, you do it. Meaning, let us do it as well. But the Prophet ﷺ said to them, you are not like me. I am given sustenance from Allah as I sleep. So he explained to them, you are not like me. You cannot do that. But they carried on insisting. They carried on insisting. They wanted to do it. They wanted that worship. They wanted to be like the Prophet ﷺ. So in the end, he let them do it. He let them do it with him. They all did it together. So they fasted one day. When they got to Maghrib, they didn't open it. They just carried on. Suhoor time, they didn't have nothing. Just carrying on into the next day, carrying on. Then the new moon came out. So it was Eid. So you have to open your fast. But the Prophet ﷺ said, <coughs> said to them, if the new moon had not come out, then I would have carried on even more. لو تأخر الهلال لزدتكم فاريف the moon hadn't come out I would have carried on even more days and this was to show them that you can't do it this is to show them that they couldn't do it so at the beginning of the hadith the Prophet ﷺ clearly forbade them but then when they insisted and insisted in the end he did it with them allowed them to do it to show them so they did it for a couple of days and then they now had a physical practical implementation of it so now they knew how difficult it was and they understood now why they couldn't do it so what is the overall ruling on this then is it permissible to do continuation of fasting or is it not permissible why why is it not permissible And that is the majority opinion. The majority of the scholars, they say it is not permissible, the Jumhur. Because very clearly at the beginning of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ forbade them. Forbade them, prohibited them. Do not do continuous fasting. So the majority of the scholars, they say that's it. It's impermissible. You should not do continuous fasting. You should open it at... Maghrib time. Second opinion though is it's allowed. And why would they say it's allowed? What's their evidence? Because at the end of the hadith, when they carried on insisting, in the end, the Prophet let them do it. If it was haram, haram, then how would you have let them do it? even just to practice and see if it's absolutely haram you can't let somebody do it just to see if it's haram it's haram but the prophet let them do it which must mean it can't be haram so you have an opinion of some scholars saying you can't say it's haram because if it was absolutely haram then the prophet wouldn't have let them do it so how do the first opinion scholars reply to that
that the Prophet ﷺ didn't let them do it because it was allowed and that it was sunnah or it was permissible. He only let them do it to give them a practical example, teach them why he's telling them not to do this. Because they kept insisting, kept insisting. So in the end, he let them do it to give them a practical teaching. They can do it and they can see and then they'll know now why we can't do this. So that's the only reason the Prophet did it with them, just to teach them physically and practically why this is not something that can be done. Not to uh, give them some idea that it's okay, we can do it and you can carry on doing it. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was just to show them practically why you can't do this. There is one more major opinion, which is the opinion of uh, uh, Imam Ahmed, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, and his opinion is what? But you are allowed to continue. You don't have to open your fast at Maghrib. You can carry on, but there's a limit to how long you can carry on till. And that limit is till the following suhoor. So your fast would end up as how many hours? 24 hours. Suhoor to suhoor. That today now, don't open your fast. Carry on and open it at 3 o'clock in the morning. So when you open your fast at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's your iftar and it's your suhoor for the next day. Al-Imam Ahmed said that's allowed because there is a hadith in Al-Bukhari which mentions, فَأَيُّكُمْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يُوَاصِلْ فَالْيُوَاصِلْ إِلَى السَّحَرِ If any of you do want to continue, then you can continue up until suhoor. So Al-Imam Ahmed, takes that opinion from Bukhari, clear hadith. If you want to continue, you can do it up until suhoor. But the majority of the scholars say even that when you put it into the context of the sunnah, you should just open your fast at Maghrib. Because we saw the hadith before, لا يزال الناس بخير ما عجل الفطر. The people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open their fast on time. It's from the sunnah to open your fast on time. So the majority of the scholars say you should not carry on, just open your fast on time. But you have this opinion because of the hadith in Al-Bukhari. But if you do carry on, you do end up doing that. You're allowed up until the suhoor of the next morning. Then after that, عن Abdullah ibn Amr, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, رضي الله عنهما قال, أخبر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أني أقول والله لا أصومن النهار ولا أقومن الليل ما عشت فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت الذي قلت ذلك فقلت له قد قلته بأبي أنت وأمي فقال فإنك لا تستطيع ذلك فسم وأفطر وقم ونم وصم من شهر ثلاثة أيام فإن الحسنة بعشر أمثالها وذلك مثل صيام الدهر قلت فإني أطيق أفضل من ذلك قال فسم يوما وأفطر يومين قلت أطيق أفضل من ذلك قال فسم يوما وأفطر يوما فذلك مثل صيام داود وهو أفضل الصيام فقلت إني أطيق أفضل من ذلك قال لا أفضل من ذلك وفي رواية لا صوم فوق صوم أخي داود in this narration now, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As says that the Prophet was told that I said 
by Allah, I am going to fast the day, meaning every day, every day that the Prophet was told that I had said, by Allah, I'm going to fast every day and I'm going to pray the whole night, every night, not sleep. As long as I live, as long as I live every day fast, every night, all night prayer. So the Prophet said to him, did you say this? He says, yes, I said it. He affirms it. That's what I said. I was going to do that. So then the Prophet said to him, You're not capable of that. You are not able. You're not going to be able to do that. You cannot do that. Instead, fast. But also on some days, don't fast. Fast on some days and don't fast on some days. Get up at night and pray, but also leave some time to sleep. Because he had been saying, every day I'm going to fast. Every night I'm going to pray. Prophet said, that's too much. You can't do that. You're not capable of that. Fast sometimes, miss sometimes. Pray in the night, but also leave some time to sleep in the night too. And then the Prophet said to him, Sum Fast three days in the month. Because every good deed is multiplied by ten. So when you fast three days in the month, it's like you fasted the whole month. Three days times ten, thirty days. So fast three days in the month because every good deed is multiplied by ten. So that will end up being like you fasted the whole year. Three days every month, multiplied by 10 each day, so 30 days, the full month. So do that every month, it's like you fasted the whole year, then every month. But then what did he say, Amr ibn, uh, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As? He said, but I can do more than that, more than just three days a month. I'm capable, I can do more than that. So the Prophet said, in that case, fast one day and take two days off. Then fast another day and then take two days off. So every three days, fast one day. Out of every three days, fast one, take two off. Fast one, take two off. He said, but I can do more than that. I'm able to do more than that. So the Prophet said to him in that case, fast one day, take one day off. Fast one day, take one day off. Alternate. Which means you're going to end up fasting six months of the year. Fast one day, take one off. Fast one day, take one off. Half of the year you're fasting, that means. He said, and the Prophet said to him, that is like the fasting of Dawood. And that is the best of fasting. He said, but I can do more than that. The Prophet said to him, there is nothing better than that. That is the top. Fast one day, miss one day. That is the best. There is no more worship superior in fasting than that routine that is the top you can't do more there's nothing more to be done so in this narration then it is about the optional fasting and the different types of optional fasting that a person can do uh, and it mentions that the prophet Oh, well, there's a few points of benefit. Firstly, أَنَّهُ يَشُقُّ 
على النفس if a person goes into excessiveness in worship which was here the example being given of fasting every single day and praying the whole night every night until I die the sheikh says in a situation where you end up doing too much excessive then you are going to burden yourself that is one issue you are going to burden yourself a heavy burden upon yourself and Allah says in the Quran Allah has not placed a burden upon you in the religion so if you go excessive in worship one of the things is one of the problems in that is that you are making an excessive burden upon yourself and Allah does not want that for you secondly أن التشدد في العبادة يحمل على تركها. That if you go into excessiveness in worship, it can lead to abandonment of worship. A person goes into trying to do too much and basically wears himself out, tires himself out, and then you end up doing nothing or you end up dropping so much of it. So the second problem in trying to go too excessive, trying to go too much, is that you're going to wear yourself out and end up abandoning those acts of worship. فَإِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ بَشَرٌ إِذَا شَدَّدَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ مَلَّتْ وَتَرَكَتَ الْعِبَادَةِ أَمَّا إِذَا تَوَسَّطَ فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ أَدْعَى لِلْإِسْتِمْرَارِ وَالْعِبَادَةِ we are human, the Sheikh says. If you go too much into it, you're going to get tired of that, you're going to get fatigued, you're going to get worn out, and you're going to end up abandoning it. So better to be balanced in the amounts that you do so you can continue upon it. Thirdly, that it is, in this example, it would have been in opposition to the Sunnah anyway. It would have been in opposition to the Sunnah to fast every single day forever and to pray the whole night every single night forever even in Ramadan it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ used to do a lot of worship at night in the first 20 nights but still not as much as he used to do in the last 10 nights meaning there was still differentiation about how much you do it wasn't every night full night staying up in the last 10 nights it's mentioned the Prophet used to stay up completely and do the worship so it would have been in opposition to the sunnah to go to that level and say, I'm going to fast every single day. And I'm going to stay up the whole night, every single night. That is exaggeration and in opposition to the sunnah. So that's why the Prophet ﷺ then told him to fast on some days and to break the fast on some days, not fast on some days. And to pray in the night, but also leave some time to sleep in the night. Because it's mentioned in some other narrations that inna lil jasadi alayka haqqan that indeed your body has a right upon you and your eyes have a right upon you. So you should fast sometimes but miss sometimes. Your body has some right upon you too with the food etc. And your eyes have rights upon you Meaning you sleep sometimes too. You don't say I'm going to stay up every single night forever. So there are rights upon you in terms of your body, in terms of your eyes. It's even mentioned regarding the rights of your family. 
your partner, your spouse. You're going to be fasting every single day forever, praying all night, every single night forever. And you may end up neglecting some of the rights of your spouse too. So it is in opposition to go into that level of excessiveness. So then eventually at the end, it came to the Prophet saying to him that fast one day and miss one day. And that this is the fasting of Dawood alayhi salam. فَإِنَّ Dawood alayhi salam كَانَ يَصُومُ يَوْمًا وَيُفْطِرُ يَوْمًا وَكَانَ يَنَامُ نِصْفَ اللَّيْلِ وَيَقُومُ ثُلُثَهُ وَيَنَامُ ثُلُثَهُ فَقَالْ فَصُمْ يَوْمًا وَأَفْطِرْ يَوْمًا So, this was the fasting of Dawood alayhi salam that he used to fast one day and then miss one day and that he used to sleep for half of the night and then after that he would pray for a third and then after that he would sleep for a third so there was balance between all of those affairs it was not purely that I'm fasting every day or that I'm praying the whole night every night so Dawood would fast half of the year when you're alternating every day that means you end up with half of the year. So he never used to fast the whole year. He used to fast half of the year and not fast the other half of the year. One day on, one day off. So that is the best type of fasting. And when Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asr, I can do more than that though. The Prophet told him there is nothing more than that. That is the superior type of fasting. There is nothing more you can add on top of that. Uh, and in regards to that, From this we take that upon the teachers is to guide the people to the best forms of worship and to especially guide the ones who are very enthusiastic to how to implement the sunnah and what the best levels of worship are so that they don't go beyond into excessiveness. They are enthusiastic, so show them what they should be doing with that enthusiasm to what level and how to implement the sunnah. Also, we learn from this narration about balancing in worship, that you do a balanced level of that worship you fast one day, you take one day off. You fast one day, you take one day off. You sleep half of the night, you pray and you sleep. You balance it out. The worship is balanced in that way. You don't place a great burden upon yourself to become excessive. And thirdly, that we follow the pathway of the messengers that have come before us. In this regard, in terms of the fasting of Dawood fasting one day and taking one day off. Then after that, we have the hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu qal, awsani khalili sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bithalathin, that Abu Hurairah says, my beloved one, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised me with three things. To fast three days of every month. 
وركعتي الضحى praying the two rak'at of the duha prayer وان اوتر قبل ان انام and that i should pray the witr before going to sleep abu huraira radiyallahu anhu the great companion memorized the sunnah narrated many hadith over 5000 of them he mentions here that my beloved one advised me beloved one i.e. the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised me with three things advised me with three things the first of those being to fast three days of every month الأولى أن يصوم ثلاثة أيام من كل شهر فهذا فيه فضل صيام ثلاثة الأيام من كل شهر So in this is a virtue of fasting three days in every month Every month of the year of the Islamic calendar that you should fast three days from it وَأَنَّ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ يَعَادِلُ فِي الْفَضِيلَةِ عَشْرَةَ أَيَّامٍ And that every day it equates to ten days because every good deed is multiplied by ten. So every day it counts or equivalent of, it is equivalent of, not counts, equivalent of ten days in that reward. So when you fast three days, فَإِذَا صَامَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامٍ مِنَ الشَّهَرِ فَإِنَّهُ كَمَنْ صَامَ الشَّهْرِ كُلَّهِ If you fast three days of the month, then you are like the one who has fasted the whole month. فَإِذَا صَامَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامٍ مِنْ كُلِّ شَهْرِ فَكَأَنَّمَا صَامَ السَّنَةَ كُلَّهَا فِي الْفَضِيلَةِ So if you fast three days of every month, it is as though you have fasted the whole year in virtue, in reward. Because three days of every month will give you 30 days worth of reward. And so that is a full month. And if you do that every month, then you got full 12 months. So it is as though you have fasted the whole year. The second advice that the Prophet ﷺ gave to Abu Huraira was an utira qabla an anam to pray the witr before going to sleep. الوتر سنة مؤكدة. It is an emphasized سنة. A heavy سنة. لا ينبغي تركها لا في حضر ولا في سفر. It is not appropriate or suitable or befitting at all to abandon the witr prayer to leave it and not pray it, whether you're at home or even if you are traveling. فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يترك الوتر لا في حضر ولا في سفر. The Prophet ﷺ did not leave the witr prayer, neither when he was resident nor even when he was traveling. وكان يوصي بالوتر and he used to advise with the witr prayer. ويقول إن الله وتر يحب الوتر فأوتروا يا أهل القرآن. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witr and loves the witr. 
So make sure to pray the witr, O people of the Quran. فالوتر سنة مؤكدة لا ينبغي تركها. So the witr is a, a strong sunnah, an emphasized sunnah, and it's not suitable for anybody to, to leave the witr prayer. The minimum for the witr is one raka'ah. أقل الوتر ركعة واحدة وأكثره ثلاثة عشرة أو ثلاثة عشرة ركعة. That the minimum is one raka'ah and the maximum is thirteen raka'at. أو إحدى عشرة ركعة أو eleven ركعات. هذا أكثر الوتر وهذا so this is how the Prophet used to do the witr 11 or 13 raka'at as a maximum and one as a minimum. From the time of Isha up until the Fajr time entering, all of that is the time available to pray the witr within. كل هذا وقت للوتر من بعد صلاة العشاء وسنتها إلى أن يطلع الفجر. From when you finish praying the Isha and the Sunnah of Isha, then after that, any time up until the Fajr time starts, you can pray that witr prayer. ومن كل الليل أو ترى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وانتهى وتره إلى السحر. And every night the Prophet ﷺ used to pray this and he would end up finishing it just before the Fajr time entered, before the, suhur, uh, the Fajr time entered. Uh, it says in a narration, an Aisha, min kulli layl aw tara Rasulullah ﷺ. Min awwal layl wa awsatihi wa akhirihi wa antaha witruhu ila sahar. That he would pray that witr the whole night, from the beginning to the middle to the end. It would finish just before the Fajr time enters. The best time, though, if a person knows they can wake up is to do that witr at the end of the night, just before the Fajr prayer enters. And that you pray whatever you are able in terms of the tahajjud prayer first. And then you finish it all off at the end with the witr prayer. The Prophet said, make the final prayer of your night witr. But if a person is not confident they can wake up, then they should pray their witr before going to sleep in the first place. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ advised Abu Hurairah with. لِأَنَّ أَبَا هُرَيْرَةَ كَانَ يَسْهَرْ اللَّيْلِ كَانَ يَسْهَرْ عَلَى حِفْظِ الْحَدِيثِ 
Because Abu Huraira, he used to stay up at night. He used to stay up at night, revising, practicing all of the hadith. He used to stay up at night, uh, revising all of those narrations and his memorization and the hadith. And كَانَ إِذَا نَامَ مِنْ آخِرِ اللَّيْلِ لَا يَقُومُ إِلَّا لِصَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ So when he went to sleep towards the end of the night, he wouldn't wake up again up until the fajr time itself. فَلِذَلِكَ أَوْصَاهُ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنْ يُوتِرَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَنَامُ That's why the Prophet ﷺ advised him pray a witr before you go to sleep. Then. He used to stay up all night and then towards the end of the night he would then get some sleep. But then he wouldn't wake up again until fajr time. Too late for the witr. So the Prophet ﷺ said, pray that witr before you go to sleep at the end. Pray it first before going to sleep. So whoever knows they can get up, then they should leave it and get up and pray at the end of the night. But whoever is not going to get up, you're only going to wake up for fajr itself, then pray it before you go to sleep. The third thing in this narration is the raka'atay al-dhuha. The two raka'at of the dhuha prayer. Sunnat al-dhuha aw salat al-dhuha sunnah mu'akkada aydhan. It is a sunnah mu'akkada too. The dhuha prayer. وَوَقْتُهَا مِنْ اِرْتِفَاعِ الشَّمْسِ قَيْدَ رُمْحِ إِلَىٰ أَنْ تَتَوَسَّطَ الشَّمْسُ فَوْقَ الرُّؤُسِ عِنْدَ الظَّهِيرَةِ from after when the sun rises up, after it's risen up, all the way up until the middle of the day, all that morning time is the possible time for the duha prayer. And the later you do it, closer to the middle of the day, the better. يعني حين تقع الحرارة على الأرض عند نهاية الضحى. The narration mentions about the superiority of praying the duha prayer when it gets warmer, i.e., closer to the middle of the day. So any time after sunrise up until the middle of the day, when the sun has risen, the level of that bow or arrow uh, or spear, then up until the middle of the day, any time it can be prayed. But the later, the better. فَإِنَّ الْأَرْضِ تُصِيبُهَا أَشِعَةُ الشَّمْسِ The sun rays, they come upon the earth, تَكُونُ حَارَّ becomes warm and hot. فَإِذَا أَخَّرَ صَلَاةَ الضُّحَى إِلَى هَذَا الْوَقْتِ يَكُونُ أَفْضَلُ So if he delays the duha prayer up until that later time, morning, mid-morning, later on, then that's better. وَأَقَلُّ صَلَاةَ الضُّحَى رَكَعَتَانِ and the minimum you can pray for the duha prayer, it is two raka'at. Raka'atan, the two raka'at. And the majority or the maximum you can pray is eight raka'at. And after every two raka'at, you give the salam and then do the next two raka'at. لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم عَامَ الْفَتْحِ دخل بيت أم هانئ بنت أبي طالب بنت عمه دخل بيتها وصلى ثمان ركعات سبحة الضحى أي صلاة الضحى فدل على أن أقلها ركعتان وأكثرها ثمان ركعات كل ركعتين بسلام 
It's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ entered the house of Umm Hani, the daughter of Abu Talib, uh, the daughter of his uncle, that he entered and prayed eight raka'at for the duha prayer. And every two he gave salam. So indicating the minimum is two and the maximum is eight. Then we have the hadith of Muhammad ibn Abbad ibn Ja'far qal Sa'altu Jabir ibn Abdillah Anaha al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam An sawmi yawmi al-Jumu'a Qala na'am Wazada muslim wa rabbi al-Ka'ba Wa'an Abi Hurayrata radiyallahu anhu Qal sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La yasumanna ahadukum yawma al-Jumu'a Illa an yasuma yawman qablahu Aw yawman ba'dahu these two narrations are now talking about fasting on Fridays. Outside of Ramadan, of course. Fasting on Fridays, the first hadith says that the Prophet ﷺ prohibited from fasting on Fridays. The second one says that the Prophet ﷺ said, do not fast on a Friday unless you join a day before it with it, Thursday, or a day after it, Saturday. So you can join Thursday with it, Thursday and Friday, or join Saturday with it, Friday and Saturday, but do not fast Friday by itself. Uh, so you're not supposed to fast Friday by itself. We have these narrations indicating that. If you are going to fast a Friday, you should join the day before it with it. So Thursday and Friday. Or as this narration says, you can join a day after it with it. Friday and Saturday. Of course, we know upon some opinions, you're not supposed to fast Saturday at all. لا تسوموا يوم السبت إلا في مفترض عليكم. Do not fast Saturdays except what has been made obligatory upon you. The only obligatory one is Ramadan. But according to the opinion of other scholars, it is permissible. So Friday should not be done by itself. Either join Saturday with it or, or uh, Thursday with it. And one of the reasons is because Friday is a day of Jumu'ah. And it is to avoid resemblance to the Jews. Because the Jews, they specify a single day of the week for their fasting and for their worship, the day of Saturday. So we want to oppose that. We don't want to specify one day, our day of Friday, the blessed day, for a day of fasting by itself and end up being like the Jews who are specifying worships just for that day like that. So we oppose the practice of the Jews in fasting just on Saturdays by itself uh, and that we do not do Fridays by itself, our day, the, the, the good day of the week. So you are not to do Fridays by itself, 
if you fast on a Friday, join the Thursday with it, or according to some opinions, you can join the Saturday with it too. The Shaykh does say you are allowed to fast Friday by itself if it happens to fall into your routine. So if you happen to be upon the routine of fasting one day and missing one day, the Shaykh says, according to his opinion, you could carry on that way then. Because then you're going to end up with sometimes Friday as your day of fasting because Thursday was your day off. So Friday is your day of fasting and then Saturday is going to be your day off, Friday by itself. But if you're in that routine of doing one day on, one day off regular, then the Shaykh says you could carry on that one. That's for that reason. You're not specifying Friday for the sake of Friday. You're doing it in your routine. Then Anabi Ubaid Mawla ibn Azhar Wasmuhu Sa'ad ibn Ubaid Qala shahidtu al-Eida ma'a Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu faqala hadhani yawmani naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an sayamihima yawmu fitrikum min sayamikum wal yawm al-akhar ta'kuluna fihi min nusukikum this narration now tells us about the two days or two of the days that are impermissible to fast on. It is haram to fast on the two days. And of course, the two days that are mentioned in the narration are the two days of Eid. Haram to fast on Eid day. Haram to fast on Eid al-Fitr and haram to fast on Eid al-Adha. On the day of Eid, it is impermissible to fast Rather, the days of Eid are the days of celebration, the days of eating and drinking. So it is impermissible to fast on those days. And also, in fact, for the Eid al-Adha, not just Eid al-Adha, but the days afterwards, Ayyam al-Tashriq, those days afterwards as well, three days, then it is not permissible to fast. The 11th, the Eid is on the... 10th, then you can't fast either on the 11th, 12th, or 13th. All of those days should not be fasted. It is not permissible to fast on those days. That's where we're going to round off for today. Any questions or anything else? We'll carry on with the next section next week at the same time at 6 p.m. Mm. So if you miss your witter all the way till Fajr, then what are the fatawa of the scholars about that? After sunrise, and some of the scholars they mention, if you pray it after sunrise, then that you're supposed to pray it not as an odd number, but that you add on the rakah to make it an even number. That is the fatwa of some scholars as well on that. So it can still be prayed afterwards if some genuine reason you missed it one day. It can be prayed afterwards, and according to the fatwa of some scholars, you make it an even number, though not odd. As a purpose, do you mean? Oh, they missed it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yes. Hmm. So there's the evidences from the Sahaba doing it as well. And it occurred to the Sahaba on some occasions and then they prayed it in the mornings. Hmm. Odd number? An odd number, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is fatwa of some of the scholars. It's not agreed upon or consensus, but some of the scholars have the fatwa that if you pray it in the morning, it's a, you add the rak'ah to make it an even number. But you're right, there are other scholars who don't agree with the fatwa. They say that's not even right. Say, that's wrong. Why? You leave it with her as it is with her. It is mentioned by others. And maybe there are examples like this of the Sahaba where they didn't add on any rak'ah and it was just prayed in the odd number. 
So that's not something agreed upon, but it's a fatwa of some scholars that you add on the rakah make it even because during the day, the daytime prayers are supposed to be evens. The nighttime prayer, the maghrib, and then the witcher, they are the odds. We'll have to leave it there. We'll carry on next week, inshallah, ta'ala, at 6 p.m.